Welcome to the Commission Client Podcast. These are the real and raw stories of people that use their health success and struggles to better lead and serve others. If your goal of getting healthy is to have a static achievement, you will always come up short. Instead, find purpose in your health gains and be commissioned to better serve your purpose. I'm your guide and host, Dr. Kurt Perkins, introducing you to the real heroes in healthcare, the people just like you. Thanks for listening. Um, and so we have Dana today. And again, I thought you would epitomize kind of what we're going after, not using your health just as something to enjoy, but to use to bless others, to fulfill a mission and all that. And so when you first came in, you, you had some pretty lofty goals. Like you guys are, <laughs> I don't know how many times you've moved and how many years and traveling, you guys yeah. own a business, like all this type of stuff. So you came in and I think probably one of the things that got my attention was like, you feel old. And I look down, I'm like, you're the exact same age as I am. And so <laughs> if you're like, I feel old, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. there's, there's some issues going on yeah. here. So yeah. if you can kind of tell your story a little bit and, um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey everyone. Yeah. I'm Dana and I came in earlier this year because we had made a move a little less than a year ago. And that's not actually that unusual. We've made a lot of moves over the year. It's kind of part of our how our family functions, um, either through ministry or business or jobs. We've we've moved for a variety of reasons. And when you get to a point that something you're you're good at, I guess I wouldn't say I love moving, but if <laughs> if we know how to do it well enough, you know, you get to that point and you do it, but you just become physically ill afterwards. You realize there's something not right and. Well, my family and I don't necessarily think the move was wrong. It, I think the way we went about it in combination in the context of a variety of just life circumstances that happened before the move, um, those just really hit my body really hard. And I don't consider myself old at all, um, but I was having a hard time getting up. I was, my heart was racing a lot. My skin was breaking out. I was having hot flashes. Um, my face would flush. I remember talking to someone over coffee shortly after we moved here, and they said, are you okay? You look feverish. And I felt hot, but it went away pretty quickly, and I realized there were just all these tiny, seemingly silly and maybe inconsequential things happening that my body was letting me know were happening um, that just didn't add up to any of the common sort of... Um, maybe diseases or diagnoses that you might read about um, for a woman. So anyway, I really, I kind of got to a point where I realized I didn't want to ignore the symptoms anymore. You know, when you weigh how you feel against how you know you used to feel, you start thinking, (laughs) uh, I need to take a flyer here and give some things a try. And ironically, Shortly after we moved here, we were attending an award banquet, an awards banquet uh, for my husband and the company he works for, and I heard a speaker at the event talking about how a lot of people get to a point in their lives, like he did, which is where you realize things are fine, but I know they could be better. I'm going to take the significant steps and the energy and the money and the time that I need to to get to where I know I could be. I'm not going to settle where I'm at right now and that resonated with me in a really big way in that moment Um, because in fact to go to the event that night 
<laughs> gosh, thinking back, this is really embarrassing to admit, but I remember okay. it was an evening event. I'm not like a night owl anyway, but I'm happy to, you know, go out and do things in the evenings. At that point, um, I remember thinking, okay, I don't feel like getting up and showering today. I kind of puttered around the house and did some things, hung out with my kids, ran a few errands. And when it came time to get ready, I actually went and took a nap just to have the energy to shower and, you know, put on a dress and go out and be with people. And so with that fresh in my mind and then hearing that speaker, I started thinking, okay, I'm not only do I need to, but I'm ready to anticipate (laughs) feeling better um, than what I'm doing right now. Cool. So you had that in your mind of like, I've got to change. Yeah. But you also had in the mind, like, I don't know, it's going to be scary steps potentially. And Mm -hmm. like, how do you get over that? Because I feel like there's a lot of people I deal with that they're more comfortable with the known of their suffering versus the unknown. Mm. Uh, or the potential of of the unknown of that change, I guess I should say. Yeah. Even though that can be like way drastically better life. They're like, yeah. I know what this feels like. It sucks, but I'm comfortable yeah. here. Like, how do you get through and through that roadblock? For me, it was really so. So I'm I'm a strategic and analytical person to a fault. <laughs> so the decision for me was. Um, what do I really have to lose? And so I wrote that out. And honestly, there was hardly anything. There was hardly anything for me to lose because I'm a young woman who's had a lot of great career experience. I have two awesome teenagers, a great marriage, just moved to this new place, and there's so many new things to experience. And so for me, I felt like all of the potential was on the other side of taking the risk, if you will. You know, the yeah. risk of um, what if I had to jump through some hoops that I don't want to jump through to feel better? So for me, it was a logical decision. My heart wasn't in it at first because my heart said, (laughs) the other side of my brain said, wow, this could be a lot of work and you don't even have energy to shower and get ready to go out at night. Um, You don't have the energy to jump through these hoops. But I think really that was just kind of a self-defeating mindset that everyone has when you don't feel well. And it took me a couple months into the program to look back at those thoughts I had. And and I've kind of journaled through the whole process to remember how I felt because now I look back and it seems like a different person who was writing but I've really also learned to try to have a lot of compassion for myself in that moment so if you're listening to this and you're thinking I just don't want to do whatever it takes to feel better um, try compassion (laughs) for yourself I think we um, at the risk of sounding real really stereotypical as a wife and a mom and someone who's been in a pastoral role I love giving compassion to other people. I'm not great at giving it to myself. And so part of that is the what got me into the problem in the first place of not feeling well because I would push myself so hard but not set expectations for others. So my body was reacting to that regardless of how I was functioning emotionally. You know, it, So thinking about improving how my body felt meant I could actually be a more compassionate person but not just to others but also to myself. And that motivated me also as I started seeing some traction. Cool. So when you made the initial step, did you go like traditional healthcare route? Did you seek out? Oh, heck no. (laughs) I've done, I have done enough of the traditional healthcare route. Um, Grew up in a very healthcare oriented family. In fact, my first job was working in my dad's pharmacy. He's a compounding pharmacist. And I loved seeing how functional medicine impacted other people's lives 
um, when they took a risk of not following the traditional route. Um, I also, for a couple years, lived overseas and experienced a variety of different healthcare options, including um, chiropractic care, including now um, acupuncture, which I also take advantage of. And as I looked at those options and weighed them against the pretty firm belief I had that I was going to be prescribed some kind of medication if yeah. I took the traditional route. I was just, I just really wasn't looking for that. Um, I did want to know, do I have any concerns about like blood sugar? You know, I have a family history of that. And I, you know, if there's, I, I do have a bucket list. I'm one of those people. And on my bucket list is never getting diabetes. Yeah. And that has been on my bucket list for a long time because people I love and care about, I've watched them um, struggle with that illness. And so when I was feeling poorly, there was a fear in the back of my mind, oh my gosh, what if I'm moving into type two diabetes? You know, what if that's happening in my life? But when I learned that coming to see you, I could get a good sense of my levels without having to start a prescription, <laughs> that, um, that was really, Help me. That really is what helped me take that first leap. Um, not that I'm against traditional medicine, but I've done enough of that, and I wanted to try something different. I had the other deciding factor for me was I had done enough of research and trying things on my own. Yeah. Um, I love to research. I love to try things. I don't have a problem giving things a whirl, but. I cannot tell you, you'd have to ask my family, months and months of things like, okay, mom's trying this now, mom's doing this, she wants to feel better, this is healthy, this is a good choice, and you know, you make all these adjustments in your lives and you're trying to really hit a moving target. It yeah. wasn't until I sat down with you and looked at my levels that I realized, wow, some of the targets I'm trying to hit, I don't even have issues with. Now that we got some data yeah. to look at and say, okay, here's what we're gonna hone in on, I was able to see, you know, better results more quickly and, and stick to it because I knew I was going to be coming every month and you were going to hold me accountable <laughs> and say, are you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? <laughs> and I needed that uh, to help me get some traction. So when you were trying to chase those targets, was that based on symptoms? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was based on symptoms. And, you know, symptoms, my gosh, I know this. Now that I say it, it sounds really foolish, but it wasn't until found something that was working that it resonated with me that symptoms you can experience temporarily they could be a long-term symptom it could be a symptom that's showing up after there's been a problem in your body for a long time but if you google a symptom and I'll admit <laughs> I've done that you might be given five different root problems to right. treat none of which are actually accurate <laughs> um, and so like for me I'll just be vulnerable and share something probably the most surprising thing from my test results that came back were that um, I had just trace amounts, which means basically no amount of dopamine in my body. <laughs> and for a long time, I kept thinking, oh, I need improved serotonin, or oh, wow, I'm depressed, or um, I'm eating things that are somehow making my brain not function as well as they need to. Well, regardless of what I thought the root was, yep. when we just targeted, okay, there's this dopamine, significant dopamine issue, let's target that, I just felt like, you know, I was kind of stepping out of sleep. Um, and I would never have guessed that on my own. So it really saved me time and energy that I would have continued spending and yeah. not had results. Yep. Um, and just to kind of context, like dope means like the pleasure motivation molecule. And yeah. again, like high achievers like you, it's not uncommon to see that getting tanked out yeah. because 
high achievers are used to outworking a problem, but at some point, like, <laughs> you're, you're just, I don't know, just pushing against a wall, it's not going to move. So. Right. At some point, you can't get out of bed and shower and get yourself yeah. to go out, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what was happening. <laughs> yeah, and so some will get labeled depressed, put on an SSRI when, mm-hmm. like you said, like, that may not even be the issue at all. Like, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with serotonin, but yeah. more of this other neurotransmitter type of thing. Yeah. Um, so you got your plan and you come home and you're like, all right, we're going to change everything. Like, what's your family say at that point? Well, because I already confessed that I have a, an unsavory history of trying a bunch of things. <laughs> They're like, okay, mom, yeah. Or even my husband, he's like, I just want you to feel well. If this is what you need to do, I'm all in. How can I support you? So cool. I really appreciated that. But I also, um, again, I told you I'm very analytical sometimes a little too strategic. And for me, you know, it was an investment. It was an investment to um, come in here and do the testing and buy the supplements. And I realized, I remembered I had some really great advice a couple years ago that has stuck with me. And that was, don't ever pay for advice from an expert that you don't intend to take. And I went, okay, you know, we're investing in this financially. I'm going to invest time in this right now. Personally, I'm not working full time. So I have some freedom and headspace to really give this a go to not only improve my health for the short term, but for the long term. So my husband was really supportive, of course, as well, given kind of that explanation I gave him. And I do think they probably had a couple laughs. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, because For me, it's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make these changes. And I did want to do them all at once. It's like, I should be able to do a full exercise routine today on the first day I took my supplements. (laughs) You know, like, again, my expectations were unfair. It's a lack of compassion for myself. (laughs) Um, But it was, it's been a great learning process. And the truth is, I kind of forgot I felt that way at first until I went back through my journal, which was so helpful to combine kind of emotionally and mentally what I was processing and how I felt about myself, how I was handling the circumstances in our life at that time. Because frankly, those circumstances haven't changed much, but my ability to walk through them has improved greatly uh, just because those steps have been made over time. Cool. Um, So family support, like how about with teenagers? Because well, that's a, that's kind of a unique, like, I'm not in that phase yet. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, let me just say, I love the teenage phase. For years, people have said, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so bad when they're teens. And, you know, I really thrive on just telling the whole truth to the kids. Like, <laughs> hey, here's how mom feels. I'm not going to hide it, you know. And I think they're used to that as well. So the ability to say to them, I'm trying this. I'm um, going to work out. Do you want to go work out with me? I would ask them. They didn't do a lot, but they did. So it sometimes would come with me or even just go for a walk. Um, I would explain to them like, hey, this is why I'm eating this over this. Here's why I chose this on the menu at the restaurant. Here's some things that Dr. Kurt suggested that we could eat. And so I didn't force them to make all the changes. Now, I cook what's appropriate for me to eat. Yeah. You know, I'm not a short order cook, but I've never <laughs> been. So we just say, um, hey, if this isn't great to you, or if you want to eat more than I've cooked, you're welcome to have any of these things. And you know, we just kind of have stuff available in the pantry and in the fridge and they know where to go. And even the things that they eat aren't what I would consider horrible. They're not things that I would have regularly myself, yeah. um, but they've really adjusted well to it. And I'm proud of them for that. Cool. So they're not making fun of you? 
<laughs> oh, sure, for lots of other things. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe not for how I eat. <laughs> so what about the social aspect? Because that's the thing I'll get probably more from women than guys. But yeah. they're, I don't even know how to say it. Like, not embarrassed, but mm-hmm. they feel like they're missing out. Right. Because they can only eat or they're eliminating certain food groups or items or things like that. Well, and there's even that sense of like that feeling of guilt, like I don't want to make you have to pay more money or cook something different and work harder or anything like that. Um, you know, so a few years ago, I um, had a surgery and after the surgery was encouraged to go gluten-free. They had me meet with a, a nutritionist afterwards and she said, I really think you should cut gluten out of your diet. And to me, that was just like the scariest thing ever. And I didn't touch gluten for five solid years. So I will admit I had that experience before, but working through that experience and then now getting to where I am today, which is again, what I believe is a much more compassionate approach to myself, but also I think to others is the ability to not just say, no, I can't have it. I'll sit here and have absolutely nothing but to find things that overlap that I can eat in the meal and to not be like the annoying house guest. It's like, okay, here's a list of things you need to have before I come right. over or anything like that. Um, one of the best solutions has really been um, either cooking in our house or eating before I go or meeting people out because I think going out to eat, I've really enjoyed the test of what can I find here that is gonna be appropriate for me, but also not make me feel like junk, right. you know, two hours from now because <laughs> I ate something poorly. And that's kind of been a fun a fun thing to try as my energy has returned. Awesome. Um, how about in like a ministry standpoint, like where mm-hmm. does, because we've talked, we've had conversations about it, yeah. like where's the roadblock between a lot of people in ministry and physical health? Like, Oh yeah, oh gosh, the roadblock, or how do you navigate that, <laughs> knowing what you know now? I'm learning to navigate it. I'm definitely not an expert on it. I, you know, as I've thought about someday, hopefully I'll return back to full-time ministry as we get engaged here in the city more or, or whatever um, is for me in the future. And I realized a couple months ago, I kind of have this irrational fear about returning to work. Like, I feel so great right now. Uh, what if going back into ministry means I'll feel bad again? And the fact is, it's not ministry's fault. It's how <laughs> I function within the ministry, right? right? Because as a stay-at-home mom, right in this moment of my life, I can be just as exhausted by that incredible experience. But it has nothing to do with my kids. They're great. It has to do with the way I perceive my role and how I function day in and day out and whether or not I'm taking the responsibility to care for myself. Right. So the way I deal with that roadblock, whether I'm working somewhere in ministry or or I'm at home or anything in between, is um, I need accountability around me. Am I taking care of myself? You know, I don't think self-care is like, oh, I got a pedicure. No, I think it's (laughs) self-care. Self-care is real legitimate. What do I need? Like I've learned in this process, I feel energized. Even though I'm an an extrovert, I feel energized when I have some time alone to journal and process how I'm feeling about things that are going. That would be the first thing to drop um, if I hit a stressful season. I can't let that happen again. And I have to to do what I learned to do to explain when I'm trying to have less gluten and sugar and all those things in my diet, which is to be able to be an advocate for myself and not feel guilty about that. So if I can do that with my food and communicate that to people because – I can say, hey, because I feel poorly when I eat that way or it actually affects my blood sugar or it affects a variety of other things, then I can do that um, 
with my emotional health as well, which affects how I digest food and which also affects how I see things and my perception. And so that would also mean just setting those boundaries and having those appropriate, um, the accountability to say, you know what, I can't give up this time or I just need, even if it's just 15 minutes to go sit and process about how I'm handling whatever's going on because there's this, um, it's wrong, but it's real. And that's like this martyr's complex. I've had yeah. it as a mom, I've had it as a wife, I've had it in ministry, which is what I'm doing, it means so much to me. It means more to me than taking care of myself. <laughs> and then suddenly you're left with a shell of yourself and this awesome calling that you're trying to maintain. It right. doesn't, it doesn't, um, it does not work. I can tell you that from years of experience, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't work. And so really investing in um, not only my physical health, but my mental and emotional health means that I get to stay in that calling longer. And that's really the goal, to stay in that calling, to stay in that place and to continue to serve and to see fruit be born out of it uh, because I wasn't so absorbed in the role and forgot to care for myself. Gotcha. So with a self-care, like a hashtag self-care, what, what would that really look like? Not pedicures, not wine, not Right, like... right, yeah. And it's not like, oh, I went and got myself a special coffee. It's none of that. I'm not saying I haven't done those things, right. but they do nothing. <laughs> um, I, I was journaling about this just the other day, in fact, that I, as I've kind of had this brain fog lift, you know, over the last couple months, I'll have moments where I just think oh my gosh what a great moment like there's this um mindfulness that has been returning to my life that has been there before but it, the mindfulness is really just an appreciation for um like I happened to start reading a book that I really enjoyed and I realized oh gosh I don't have to be anywhere I'm gonna go sit on the back patio in the sun and read this book and I'm on the back patio with our dog reading this book just totally lost in time yeah. And it was like, wow, I feel so energized. Cool. You know, and, but contrast that with things that drain us. And, you know, my husband and I have talked about this recently. Let's, we can't cut out of our lives the things that drain us, but we can identify them and be cognizant of when they're happening so that we make sure to inject those things that help us be mindful and feel energized so that we don't, so that our batteries don't drain completely, you know? Yeah. So how would you... Like, what advice do you give someone to break that cycle that mm. they're going hard and they kind of see it where yeah. I can't keep this pace up, but if I don't, then potentially I lose out all this. Like, yeah. Or's how do you get someone to shift that to realize, actually, you can probably serve better in that capacity. Yeah. You won't lose any. You may have taken a couple steps back, but be able to give more to it like how do you well I think there's two approaches you know I'm kind of a you know a hard and fast girl I want to go all in once the decision's made (laughs) and not look back Um, that approach and I've done this before years ago um, in a ministry role was to just say I'm taking a week off and I'm unplugging I need to step back and for me personally I needed to hear from God reassess and then dive back into that role better now that my body probably did no improvement, like health improvement in a week, honestly. Right. But it got me in the mindset of here, I can organize my thoughts for here's what I need to do when I go back. Here's how I'm going to attack email. Here's how I'm going to attack meetings. Here's how I'm going to attack my food. All those gotcha. areas of my life. So that's kind of a hard and fast, recognizing there are new steps we need to take. And I needed to let my team members know 
hey, I'm not feeling great. I'm not functioning as well as I should. I'm gonna make these shifts. I would appreciate your help in me making these shifts. That's one option. If you're not a hard and fast person, at the very, very least, you've got to ask the people who know you best, when do you see me energized and when do you see me drained? And I was talking to a friend about this recently and he, when he's drained, he kind of has this expression on his face that's like, oh, uh, you know, kind of the eye roll, like, oh, uh, this again. Yeah. And the ability for someone you love to give you that feedback, like, hey, I noticed that when we're in XYZ meeting that you just kind of totally zone out what's going on there. <laughs> and by the way, when was the last time you felt energized? Um, the first time I really tried to process when I, you know, months ago was thinking about what gives me energy, what helps me trying to be mindful of the things that I enjoyed in life instead of just pushing myself to complete a task list every day. I had a really hard time of doing that to tell you the truth. And so I just kept a list um, on my phone of like, these are the things I noticed that drained me today. And the list was longer of things that drained me at first, which sounds really negative, but it started the, the process of awareness. Yeah. Then it made a shift a couple days into it. Like, oh my gosh, I had so much fun trying this new dinner, like making this new recipe for my family. And I really enjoyed that. And that was life-giving to me. Yeah. And as I started recognizing those, it was a habit that built over time um, that I think kind of flipped things over on their back a little bit. So that would be the other approach if you're not wanting to just like, hit it hard, but you do need to make some changes and you're not aware, right. <laughs> that's a good place to start. So I have someone that you can ask that you're not going to have your feelings hurt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if your feelings are hurt, you just need to get over it because you want to feel yeah. better. You really want to feel better, <laughs> you <Cool>. know? <laughs> cool. So segue into that, since you've got kind of your journal open here, mm -hmm. like in what ways have you felt better? Like that you weren't aware of just day to day, but until you look back through your journal and kind of saw the yeah. progress. Yeah. Well, you know, I think everyone looks at life as either like pretty much everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. You know, like there's this whole mindset of like, oh, that was serendipitous or this was, you know, a great, um, the universe just aligned. And I don't really believe that way. So as I started seeing improvements, I really tied them all into um, these shifts that we made to see the progress that we wanted to see. So the list is really long. I'll just give you a few, but... I started keeping track because I it motivated me to keep taking the supplements. It motivated me to try different exercises that didn't drain me but energized me. So um, I noticed that um, I I was getting, I had heartburn all the time. Heartburn's gone. Um, when I woke up a couple weeks into it, I was able to wake up without my alarm, and that was huge. And and not only wake up without my alarm, but not feel like I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a big change. Um, my ability to focus on things was great. I didn't feel like overwhelmed when I would open an email or get a bunch of uh, voice messages and things. I was just able to focus and walk through what was happening. Um, I was having leg cramps every night and they would kind of wake me up and that scared me. Um, not that it was anything serious, but it was just like, why is this happening and why can't I sleep through the night? I haven't had leg cramps at night and I don't know how long I mean yeah. I didn't date this uh but it was a long time ago um and um I was taking fewer naps and my headaches I I forgot that I was having a couple headaches a week yeah. they weren't horrible but they were definitely there and I just kept thinking oh maybe it's eye strain but no they were they were headaches and what caused me honestly to recognize that shift was that was when I got a headache what happened is we gotcha. had family in town and it was um, in the spring 
And we went out and had a great dinner, ate everything appropriately, and there was an opportunity for gluten-free dessert. And I went, okay, I'll have that. Because we're like, right, it's like celebrating or, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what I was celebrating, but I thought, okay, we'll do the gluten-free dessert. Ate it, and within an hour, by the time we were home, I just had one of the worst headaches I remember having in my yeah. life. And I felt physically ill. Um, actually went the next day and had um, an acupuncture appointment and they helped me with that as well and it was just so plain to me that one it was the sugar there was there was nothing else i had eaten or done yeah. i mean it was like the clearest culprit ever right <laughs> case closed but the the pain i had not had that you know debilitating pain when you're just trying to get through your life normal day with a headache i hadn't had that yeah in at least three months probably two or three months so that was another big symptom that I saw change. And then finally, you know, my adrenaline and cortisol levels were really out of whack. And uh, I remember I was actually driving here for an appointment a couple months ago. And on the interstate here, you know, you can drive over 80 miles per hour or so. So I'm just <laughs> cruising right along. And a car who, when I looked, I could tell he had, he did not see me. He almost hit me. And when I looked and saw that we almost had a high-speed collision on the interstate. Yeah. He just didn't see my car there at all. And um, collision didn't happen. And I still had another about 20 minutes on the drive here. And I realized, oh my goodness, in months prior, if anything like that had happened, like a near accident or something really stressful to me, it would have taken me a long time to calm down. Like my yeah. heart rate couldn't slow down. You would feel this big pulse in my neck. I would be you know, sweaty and my face would be bright red. And within minutes after that near accident, um, I just had returned to a normal heart rate, felt very calm and relaxed. Nice. And to me, that's huge because, you know, you can't mitigate potential accidents like that in your life. <laughs> you can't mitigate um, difficult things happening in the lives of your loved ones or even in your own life. But the ability to respond to them in a much better way means that I'm not like my whole body systems aren't like crushing and falling apart when anything almost happens or yeah. happens. Cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it looks like journaling is probably one of your biggest mm -hmm. go-tos. Mm -hmm. If you journal well, does that put everything else easier? Or is there one thing, one thing you do that makes everything else easier? Like for me, it's a workout. If I can get my workout in, then like mm. I'll eat a lot better. I can focus, but like all these other things. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, you have to start with meditation, I'd be like, my day's ruined. Like, yeah, no, for me, it's uh, taking those supplements first thing in the morning. Okay. Like I, um, I get up and you know we have pets that we have to let out and other things, and I just make a beeline. I don't care if like the dog's whining or whatever. I'm gonna make a beeline, <laughs> get some water in my system, gulp those supplements down. Then I can let the dog out and deal with the cat and all the other things. Then I have, you know, my prayer and journaling time. And by the time I know I've done something good for myself, which is take those supplements, by the time I've processed if there's anything on my mind that I need to work through in my journal and I, and I have prayer time, by the time I've done that, I want to eat well because um, cool. I've already invested in myself, you know, right. like the day's off to the right start. And I have had days through travel or having guests come in where I don't always get the journaling or the prayer time the way I want to, but the supplements always happen. Yeah. <laughs> so at least that first step is in there okay. to get me rolling. Nice. So what resources do you, have you 
like favor for recipes or like inspiration? Do you have certain websites you go to or books that you've? Mm. Yeah, I have. Um, I enjoy like Pinterest. Like stuff yeah, like that. yeah. So Pinterest is a big one for me because I enjoy um, looking up like a lot of um, keto or paleo recipes, but also trying to modify them. Like, because, you know, you get to a point where you know your kid's taste or for, in my case, what my husband prefers or even myself. Yeah. Um, or even, what do I have in the fridge right now? Right. <laughs> I generally do try to make a weekly meal plan so that I don't get in a position where we wind up just getting takeout because yeah. I didn't have anything. You're not playing anything. chopped. We've right, got, like, right. Broccoli have mustard and right. <laughs> and uh expired eggs what yeah. am i gonna cook with that <laughs> but um but the ability to keep those recipes and just kind of scroll through them because i have a pretty general grocery list every week and i know what we like and what we can cook from and i think a big lesson for me in this that surprised me was that i was always because i like cooking i was always trying to do something novel like oh this is fun and different yeah there's a time and place for that, but it is still not for me right now. Like right. the time, it, for me, it is the, let's get the basics cooking and available on our plates. It doesn't have to be novel or amazing. We're not trying to impress anyone. And by the way, it costs more if you do want to do something novel and, and amazing. <laughs> yeah. But um, the ability to just cook a simple meal to nourish myself instead of to try to give myself comfort or anything beyond gotcha. strictly what it provides me has been really helpful do you rotate like certain amount of recipes per month like i was as i'm doing this people are like we probably have 20 recipes that we kind of mm -hmm. cycle through yeah we just put them on repeat type of thing yeah i would say they're generally the same i have six weeks uh, like a six week menu plan wow um but i don't always stick with that because you know we'll travel yeah. or um <laughs> I like to do like a, a meat subscription to get um, the changing our meat quality has been huge for me as well as our water quality. Those have been two changes I've felt the difference in it. and then I'm willing to invest in more than anything else really. Yeah. Um, so whatever meats I get in my subscription, I work around that. Um, I am a huge slow cooker user, instant pot kind of user, so usually um, things are cooking low and slow all day so that by the time the e when the evening comes, even though I have loads of energy, I'm still not a night owl. So the ability to only have right. to cook a side dish and a salad or something because the meat's been cooking all day motivates me. And it also gets us to a point where when my kids say, can we eat out tonight? I'll say, oh no, dinner's already cooking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it saves me, it saves me um, from having to do that. And then, um, you know, my kids homeschool online and I'm home during the day as well. So I, I cook a lot enough at night. We try to have leftovers the next day for lunch gotcha. so that I also save myself that decision fatigue of what right. am I going to eat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> saves me a lot of energy. Yeah. I was looking at, ah, uh... There's a study I think I posted on, on our Facebook, but it was like we make over 200 decisions a day just on food, oh. food alone. Oh my goodness. Like, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's a huge, huge reason why people get confused in nutrition or just yeah. frustrated in general because there's so much Absolutely. to think about. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's kind of been the most impactful thing you've learned as you've kind of taken control of your your health and situation I think the most impactful thing was that you know I started out guns a blazing which is what I do <laughs> but usually when that happens 
I get frustrated and I just really pull back and think, oh, this isn't working. Well, this time there's been a shift that I didn't expect. And when I say this time, it's because, um, you know, I've experienced um, adrenaline, adrenal issues, cortisol issues before in life and tried to combat them in a variety of ways. Well, I really started thinking, I remember saying to you at my like intake appointment, I'm not coming to you saying, oh, I need to lose 20 pounds or whatever. I'm just saying I need to have more energy. And I really meant that. But once I started getting the energy, I was like, now I must lose all of the weight. Now I must lose all the fat. <laughs> and I took it and kind of like crushed this beautiful, you know, thing that was blooming in my life. And so what happened was I realized, oh, um, I'm over working out or I am pushing myself. Um, you know, my joints and muscles are sore and I'm not enjoying it. And I think the ability to kind of have that headspace of I should enjoy taking care of myself caused me to just kind of step back and reassess not my food and not my supplements, but what's my activity look like yeah. and why am I pushing myself so hard? No one has told me to. You never said to me, Dr. Kurt never said, <laughs> go push yourself to the limit. My husband never said that. My kids, my friends, no one ever said that. There's something in me that does that. Yeah. And I'm not really apologizing for it. I'm just acknowledging it because I think a lot of us do that. So the ability to take a step back um, and try some different workouts, um, try some different food prep, you know, didn't have to be this gourmet, amazing thing every night. Um, and to let up off the gas a little bit meant I didn't see results as quickly, but I had a more sustainable um, change happening. Yeah. And that's what I really want. I had to wrestle with that personally. Do I want a big change now or do I want a sustainable change? <laughs> I really want the sustainable change. Yeah. And I know that. And so it's been interesting to me because I have had um, almost 10% of my uh, body weight loss. I've lost 4% wow. of my body fat. But it's not, if you were to look at the tracking I've done, there's not been one day or one week that was like, oh, this was epic. You need to do more of that. <laughs> yeah. It's just been over time and I'm not exhausted Good. by the process. <laughs> and that's the most beautiful thing because something in me needs to learn that. And I'm not there yet, but I realized something to celebrate recently. You know, I'm not like, I haven't been on the scale every day lately, but I happened to jump on the scale after we were on vacation for like 10 days. And I thought, well, this will be interesting. Because <laughs> um, I was active, but in different ways. And I was still eating pretty well, but it was just a whole new environment. So I couldn't control right. it as much. And that was a little disconcerting to me. Jumped on the scale and I weighed the same I did before I left for vacation 10 days previous. Yeah. And that was really exciting to me because I want to get to a point where my body doesn't have these great fluctuations and where I'm able to, ha I think I have a new set point now. Yeah. Um, if I do continue and see greater loss in the future, I would really like for that to happen, but I can honestly say I'm content feeling well and not pushing myself combined with that set point I'm at right now. Yeah. It used to be the only piece of the puzzle I cared about was pushing myself to a goal and now that new piece of the puzzle is how am I treating myself to get there and can I sustain this? And it was never sustainable previously. So manage, manage, um, how do I say it? Manage activity, not manage results. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the, it's the input. The outcome, uh, can vary and it just might by things I can't control like hormones or whatever else but I know I'm doing the right inputs. And I also had to reassess my inputs. It used to be like, well, if I didn't 
you know, lift weights three or four times this week for X amount of time, this week was a waste. And that's actually not true at all. I might have needed a break right. or I might have gotten more from like an hour long walk alone because of what it helped my yeah. <laughs> mind do and my body do instead of just like pushing myself in the gym. So it's been a, a huge lesson for me that I think I'm still learning, still grappling with. Cool. I like how you put the weight loss in terms of percentage and not pounds. Yeah. Like not many speak in that realm. So at least for my mind, I'm like, yeah. I'll invest anything if it's got a 10% return. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, right, right. Yes, exactly. Um, cool. And then I think just finishing up, anything that you would say to those feeling discouraged or, mm. I don't know, just looks at the uphill battle and just the climb looks too steep for them. Yeah, I think, I think the you know the outcome you know what you're headed for it's either more of the same or worse if you don't take the risk <laughs> you know that you know that you also know that there are people in your life who are depending on you you know co-workers loved ones and you don't want to get to the point of resenting that because you don't feel well you want to be in a position of I'm so honored that I have these people depending on me because I feel well and I can contribute Right. And the only way we can feel well and contribute is if we have compassion for ourselves and make that investment in ourselves and put that ahead of short-term gains that we think we can get from, you know, the exercise board I use on Pinterest or um, whatever diet, you know, I ascribe to this week but not next week. So yeah. <laughs> the ability to think strategically for long-term is what's going to have the greatest outcome for your relationships and the calling that you have in your life. Cool. Before we started, you'd mentioned you have a couple ebooks and some more coming out. Like, oh, yeah. How do people get yeah. a hold of those? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, if you go to DanaBuyers.com, that's my blog, and um, I have a couple ebooks on there that will reveal to you how uh, anal retentive I actually am, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for better or for worse. Um, but it's been really special to me to get to the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual capacity to just have all of this writing like pour out of me because I feel like we all have this kind of dormant energy. We have things to share, things to help with and to serve and to love others with, but it really sits there dormant until we do the hard part and take those first steps. And when I did that and coming to see you, Dr. Kurt, I think it really you know, set into motion this domino effect that allowed me to write the last ebook that I wrote, you know, to start seeing just that capacity, that focus open up. And it's so rewarding to just to feel that way again, like I can contribute. Awesome. Cool. I'll put those in the show notes. And Great. If you have other resources you want me to include, shoot them my way. Okay. And maybe your six week meal plan for people. <laughs> again, anal retentive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, sir hanging out with me today and I look forward to uh, your continued journey. Thanks, Dr. Kurt. Thanks for listening to the Commission Client Podcast. If you found that hopeful, inspiring, or entertaining, we would love some iTunes love. And as all podcasters request, please subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast listening app. I'm Dr. Kurt Perkins, toasting you to a life of more health and less health care. <laughs>